Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Thomas and you're on HR Unlocked. Today, we're joined by Andrea Butcher, CEO of HRD, a leadership development company. With over 20 years of experience in HR leadership, talent management, startups, growth, Andrea is a visionary. She knows how to lead organizations and leaders from big picture to execution with a proven track record of growing and strengthening organizations. Training is for dogs. Growth is for leaders. Let's get into it. Well, Andrew, I'm so excited for this. Appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for the opportunity. Anytime I get to connect with you, I'm going to be better for it. Well, I appreciate that. And it's, it's crazy because it just shows the power of LinkedIn It's a good example of, of our, our friendship because we've been connected for a long time. We've engaged on each other's content on LinkedIn, but this is only like our, what, second or third time actually speaking to one but another. I feel like I, I know like you so forever. well. It is the power of connection also, because I think connection supersedes time and space and, oh, I need to turn off my alerts. Yeah, because I, I mean, I, I just, I feel so comfortable with you. It, I, yeah, I, it is, it is the power of social connection. So if you're not connected with Andrea, do it. <clears throat> Good stuff. And I kind of wanted to kick it off with, we talked about priors. We were preparing for this, kind of who our, who our audience is, what we're trying to accomplish, what our mission is. But the leadership area is something we haven't done yet. Yeah, and that's good. Andrea, you um, are the CEO of a leadership development company. <laughs> Who better uh, than you to, to talk about that and kind of give us some insight on, you know, we're all trying to grow. We're all trying to be better, um, take care of our people, but also hmm. so like, how do we do it? I guess is the, is the big hmm. thing. So one of the things that came from our conversation was focus equals growth. And it reminds me of something I've always said for a long time. It's like, how are you going to grow what you don't measure? And it made me think of that. And I think that's where you'll go with it. Well, and, and we're overachievers, aren't we? I mean, we take on yeah. so much and, you know, we, we care so much about the work we do. And so of course we're going to take on a lot, but then mm -hmm. balls get dropped. We, we don't maximize those priority areas when there's so much that we're focused on, but let's go, let's go back a bit before we mm -hmm. dive in headfirst to focus equals growth. I think there's some principles we could establish that would strengthen that message. So let's, sure. let's do that. You know, you, you referenced that I lead a leadership development company and I I've been in the leadership development game for over 20 years and I have a really strong opinion about it. I think a lot of organizations really fuck it up and do it the wrong way. So if I got invited to a leadership training class, I would not be excited about that. Would you be excited about that? Like we are adults do not want to be trained. Don't tell us what to do. We've got it. So one of the things we say a lot around HRD is that training is for dogs. Growth is for leaders. So that is what we are after growth. I'm not interested in training you. That doesn't even make sense to me. How arrogant would it be of me to say I'm training you on leadership? What, one of my pet peeves is like people in our space that say like, I'm going to lead a leadership training class. Like that doesn't even, that doesn't make sense to me because leadership is not something that you train. It's growth and it happens over time with focus 
with accountability, with psychological safety, but it's not like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because we're never going to be able to separate our growth as leaders from our growth as human beings. We are all growing all the time, just as leaders never stop developing. So it's not a check the box activity. It's an ongoing daily personal challenge. You know, the, the clients that we work with have been clients for Purdue Federal Credit Union is a good example. I worked with them for almost 15 years and we'll never be done. I don't think they'll ever not be a client as long as we're doing work in this space because they have a CEO and executive team that are committed to the development of their people. And so they provide different opportunities and growth experiences for them to do that ongoing. Like we'll never be done. It's not a project. It's not a program. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll stop talking. I just got on my soapbox, didn't I? <laughs> no, I love, I love that you said it that way. Training is for dogs. That might actually be the title of this this episode. But I love that you said that because I've been through, I've been through them. You know, I was I was fortunate enough to get promoted pretty quick um, at a couple of different companies and got into leadership, and that's the first thing they do. They put you through the leadership training, and it, it felt like I learned some good stuff but it did feel like they were checking the box a little bit. Um, and so I love that your approach is to, we're not checking the box. This is a constant evolving journey that we're on together. Yeah, you got it. With And, and just so happens with the people that you're going through this process with. I mean, and that's, and that's huge. I mean, we could, we could break down then once you've established development as a process, not an event, then the next question is naturally, so what are the ingredients to success? And you, you started the conversation with one of them, which is focus. I, um, I had, you know, we, we learn from our biggest, our biggest mistakes and our biggest challenges. And early in my career, I was, I was leading leadership development for a, a large global electronics distri distribution company. And I was fortunate to participate in a 360 and I, I won't throw the organization under the bus, but at like a huge, like you, you would know global leader development company mm -hmm. and they have a very well-known widely used 360 that I, I am not at all a fan of because as a participant through that, it was so overwhelming. It's really academic. It's just, it's overcomplicated. I got a 78 page report and I couldn't make heads or tails of it. So my biggest learning through that process was what not to do, not what I learned at all. But I think we have to simplify it. We, it the, the analogy that we use a lot at HRD is if I ask you, Thomas, like, can you catch this water bottle? You're going to feel pretty confident that you could catch the water bottle. Like most, of course. Yeah. most leaders would like, yes, I throw the water bottle. You catch it. What happens in organizations when we have achievers like that, that are confident and yes, I can catch it then all of a sudden we start throwing three and four water bottles at them. And the same mm -hmm. thing happens in leadership development. We give so much, we create these robust programs. We, you know, go all out with like content and the most expensive assessment instruments. And it's overwhelming. And it's unnecessary. Stop doing it. Focus on the two to three specific behaviors that you want to improve on and then create a process over time where they have an opportunity to practice and apply and use those behaviors more often. That's how growth mm -hmm. happens. You keep taking me back to personal experience because when I hear these things, I think of stories uh, in my own journey. 
But you're absolutely right. Like I, <laughs> I mentioned kind of checking the box or, and it could be leadership. It could be anything, but anytime you're trying to take on too much, it's like, okay, I learned a bunch and I don't remember anything. Right. Now I have, now I don't know what to take action on or what I'm even doing. Now I got to start over. Yeah. And especially been, right now when people have so much, I mean, we, we fill our lives, we fill our lives with a lot of things. And so then being asked on top of that to add all of these development components, oh, it's just going to going into it. There's going to be natural defensiveness. And so it's creating a process that's, that feels simple, that makes it easy for, for people. The root of the word facilitation is to make easy. And that is our role as coaches and facilitators is to make the process easy, simple, manageable, chunking it so that it's digestible and applicable. Like that's again, that's when growth happens. I'm, I'm curious how that simplification process happens just because there's so many areas that you could, you could focus on to improve and everyone yeah. has different yeah. strengths and weaknesses. Like, how do you know yeah. what's going to be a good fit for the team yeah, or an individual great, person? Great question. And you're in spot on. We use a lot of assessments, simple assessments, easily administered and understood assessments so that upfront participants have some data to make that decision. Given So given my focus right now, given my goals, given my phase of life and what's important to me, what are the two to three behaviors I'm going to focus on right now? Um, we, we have... Bosma has been a client of ours for years. Bosma Enterprises, you may know them. They um, provide resources to the visually impaired. Love them so much. But last year, I was taking a, a, a subset of high potential leaders through a growth experience. And at the beginning of the process, one of the leaders said to me, hey, I'm going to be re retiring in a few years. And so I don't really feel fired up for growing in my current role. And I said, yes, but you are a leader influencing all aspects of your lives. What a great opportunity to think about how can you influence the next phase of your life? What two to three behaviors are going to help you do that? So he has been so engaged through this process because basically he's thinking about leadership in the next phase of his life. It just so happens that those behaviors also support him in his role at his organization but it's applicable. I mean, the, the context of leadership changes. The content of leadership does not change. We all can aspire to the same set of behaviors and get really positive results, regardless of the context. So much of the time people think like, well, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not this or I'm not that or no, but you are you with all kinds of opportunity around you. Stop focusing on what you don't have and look at where you are. And how can you influence the things in your life right now, wherever that is? I mean, that's, I mean, I, I get emotional about that because that is that's why we do what we do is reminding people of their power. We forget because we get caught up in this shit. We get caught up in the noise. We get caught up in what isn't working, but you know, you're never going to be able to go back and start, start again, but you can always start where you are, wherever you are, regardless of who you are and say, this is what I want. Like what a gift that is that we have, you know, the human beings are the only species in the animal kingdom that have the ability to think about the future. That, that can't be coincidental. What a gift that is that we can project and imagine 
a future that's brighter. Imagine the possibilities. You know, I, 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 a lot of times people will say things like, oh, you're too Pollyanna and, you know, you got to acknowledge what's not working and I will acknowledge it, but I'm not going to spend time there. I just, it does not serve me or anyone else. Well, I am a leader. And so my responsibility is to name a positive future. So that's where I spend most of my time. You're going to get me fired up here. Angel, <laughs> you hit on, you hit on my word. Authentic authenticity. Yeah. You hit on it. I, actually, I commented on one of your posts the other day. Like that is my word of the year. Uh, personally, professionally, it, it just has to be the number one. And we have so many great le- HR leaders uh, here locally, but across the country, around the world. And everyone's so unique and, and different. It's, if we could just be ourselves, I mean, just Amen. to power that alone. Amen. Right? And recognize, yeah, recognize your goodness. You are a once in a lifetime historical event. Like that in and of itself says something. Clearly you're meant to share your thoughts and ideas. Like the world, the thing I say more than anything else, probably to emerging leaders, to to people I'm mentoring, to my team is the world needs more of you. I have no doubt that the world needs more of you. For all your listeners, the world needs more of you. Why are you holding back? And I'm preaching to the choir. I mean, I, you know, you, you commented on a post that I had written about my word of the year, which is free. And I, I hold back. I am loud and outspoken. And so I try to like, Oh, I gotta, you know, that's going to make people uncomfortable. I've got to, I've got to dim that at times. And, but then I end up dimming myself and it doesn't feel good. I've compromised my thoughts so many times to make other people comfortable. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's, I'm turning 48 in a couple of weeks. I don't know if it's that, I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, I can't stomach not telling the truth anymore. It, yeah, it's like flying out of me right now. (laughs) So watch out. (laughs) And I know so many, I know so many of our, our people leaders are in that, that spot, you know, when maybe it's, the position that they're in, they don't feel like they can, they can express themselves or, or speak up to make positive change in their organization. I've been there. I've, I've been there. I've been very terrified to say anything yeah. at all. But then when you do, amazing things happen. So like, how do you, what would you say to, let's just say an HR manager that's looking to make positive change in their organization. They have great ideas, but they're kind of keeping them, keeping them inside and not, not voicing them because they're concerned, right? Like, what would you say to that? Well, without knowing the situation, because I think there's so many dependencies, I think just listen to, listen to your gut. If you're, because, because there's, there's two sides of that situation. There's definitely a, there's something to learn. There's an opportunity to plant seeds. There's an opportunity to influence, even if you don't see it always, but there's also the, if it doesn't feel right to you, go someplace else. And I think, I think if you are listening to yourself and trusting that still small voice within, call it whatever you want, that nudge, that inkling, if you're listening to that, like, then I don't think you can make a, a bad decision. I just, I just don't. That's my experience. I love that. <clears throat> and the big thing, the reason my, my word of the year is authenticity, you're going to lose some people. Being yourself, yeah, 
but the ones you gain, I mean, they're, they're loyal, they're ride or die, right? Yeah. Because they appreciate you and, and want to be around you. So yeah, to your point, if you don't feel like you can contribute to the organization, maybe it's time to, to look yeah. elsewhere and find well, a good you home. You make but. a good point about then be, so par- part of what I've had to really reconcile is exactly what you just said, is that my message isn't going to land my truth my authentic voice is not going to land with everyone and that's mm-hmm. okay. It's not meant to. Exactly. It's not meant to. Man, this is getting deep here. Easier said <clears throat> than done though, isn't it? I mean, I think it takes it growth is. and it's such a journey and process to get there. And I get hooked. I get hooked on others' opinions so easily, but it, but not as much as I used to you know, and in different ways. So it's a, it's a growth point for me. It's also, I think a lot of it too is motivators and personality and style. And I'm an Enneagram seven. And so naturally what other people think about me is important to me. I'm, I want to be liked. I want to be, I want connection is a core value of mine. And so I often, I'm afraid, you know, if I'm not saying things in a way that, that, that connect with this person, I'm going to miss out on that opportunity. But what I've learned is, but by trying to, trying to be something else, like I'm really hindering connection. A story that I, that I tell, um, oh, it's, it's one of those tough ones for me to even talk about still to this day. So several years ago, I led HR for a, a security company and it was male dominated organization. I was one in just a few senior leaders that were female in that business. And, and the, uh, the board came to me and said that they wanted me to work with a mentor who happened to be on the board. And, you know, the way in which they set it up and based on the research I did, I was so excited about that, Thomas, because I couldn't wait to learn from this person. And I was struggling in this business. And so I thought like, oh, having a thought partner to really lead me through that and to understand the challenges and then help me navigate that. Well, that's not at all what happened. <laughs> Our very first meeting was after a board meeting and I was brought into the organization to scale a development process for our branch managers and was doing some work on that. And you, you can tell I get super passionate about this. And that happened in the meeting as I was describing how this would look. And and it mm-hmm. felt really good to me, right? I, I believed right. in it wholeheartedly. I had the data that show how it's going to be successful and after that meeting, this mentor comes into my office and we had not officially started our mentoring, but I'm like, Oh good. He's going to give me some feedback. And he said, yes. He said, I want to give you your, your first bit of feedback. And I have some advice for you. He said, just watching you present. He said, there's one thing that you could do to be a lot more credible and a lot more effective. And so I leaned in, I couldn't wait like, Oh good. What is it? Cause Mm-hmm. I pride, I was proud of my public speaking abilities and my ability to present and but what can I do to be more effective? And he said, you need to lower your voice because this is a group of men. Your voice is high pitched and it doesn't resonate as much. So you need to lower your voice. What? <laughs> you know, it doesn't even make sense, really. And I was so confused and I honestly, I thought, okay, like maybe I need, like, I'm trying to do that right now. Maybe I need to, to do that. Maybe, 
do I, do I have a voice that's too high pitched? Oh my gosh, maybe that's what's been getting in my way. And yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous feedback, not helpful at all. And, but the reason I tell you that story was not to blame or to, I mean, I, I, I hope that he was trying to help in some strange way, but I did that. I did that. And instead of thinking about the relationships, instead of going bigger picture, instead of pressing into other areas of growth, I tried to lower my voice. I mean, it was the most unauthentic thing that I could have done. And so it just, it spiraled from there. I never recovered and ended up leaving the organization maybe a year later. Yeah. But now you have that story though, that you can share with others that may be in a similar situation or, or felt that way before. And you've learned from that. Yeah. I think it's a good story to share, but what a weird piece of feedback. Yeah. Well, and we, sometimes you get weird feedback. And so what to yep. do with that? Yep. Maybe, maybe the lesson is, you know, really be thoughtful about and challenge the feedback, particularly if you don't have a relationship of trust and connection. We hadn't established any goals for our relationship. He didn't know me at all or what was important to me or what was going on with me. So it wasn't feedback that had been earned at that point. And, but for whatever reason at that time, I, I really took it on and tried to do that. And you were talking about a little bit about your personality and you, you crave connection. I think we all do uh, to some extent, but is that part of the assessment process that you go through when you're working with leaders? Yeah, there's, so there's all kinds of preference, motivators, self-awareness kinds of assessments. We, we like to use a variety of assessments. Now, given the goals of the development process or the growth experience that leaders are in will choose assessments that make the most sense for that, for that group and what they're trying to do. But yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of assessments on the market. We love the Hogan assessments. There's a triad of assessments that we think of it as it's like it's the dark side of your personality. It's the bright side of your personality and the inside. So your values. And if you couple that with something like a behavioral 360, you're going to get a really good picture of this human being and what's important to them and what drives them and the things that they do and the choices they make. And then also behaviorally how that's playing out. I like that. Cause we were talking about, you know, how do you focus? How do you figure out what to focus on when everyone's so different? So that's, yeah, that's great. We, so one of our largest clients is, um, Uh, in the hospitality business, they're headquartered in Chicago. And right now we're taking over 40 high potential leaders. It's a huge business, about 15,000 people globally. So we're taking some 46 high potential leaders through a development process. And we use those assessments I just described. And you're right then. So they, they get the assessment data and then they sit down with a coach and we actually have multiple sessions. So to process what's in this data, what does it mean? How does it resonate? How do I want to use it? And then from there, they create a development plan. Like these are the growth points that I want to lean into through this process. And then they'll have follow-up coaching throughout to check in and see how it's going. And, but without that assessment data, where do you start? Where do you focus? I mean, that's, that's your point, right? Is you need, you need something to help you tell the truth about where you are and what your, and what your growth points are right now. And I'm guessing by learning themselves, it makes it easier for them to communicate with others as well and lead their teams. Yeah. And, and respond in a way that's 
honest and authentic and best, most helpful for that situation. Cause, cause anytime we're learning more about ourselves, we will naturally see others in different ways. I think we have more compassion for others where there's more openness to others. And, you know, the, the more we acknowledge our own humanity, the more we give others permission to just be human themselves. Oh, I'm sure emotional intelligence comes into play as well. I've gone through some, I don't want to say the word training, um, but <clears throat> I have received some, some lessons on emotional intelligence over the years. And that is, that's a game changer. Yeah. Right and, and, I, and I don't separate emotional intelligence from any self-awareness exercise. It's interesting to me that we've created, like, I'm going to an emotional intelligence development. I mean, I think that's just like how to be a good human. It's, it's knowing yeah. yourself so that you can best serve the world. That's, that's my definition of emotional intelligence. And so with any good leadership development process and that telling the truth through assessment data, I mean, that, that naturally happens where you get all this insight into who you are and the impact that you're having on people. And because we don't have to know, you know, it, it's really interesting because we see ourselves from the inside out. And so we're judging based on our intentions, but others are judging us from the outside in. And that plays out in so many weird ways. I mean, imposter syndrome comes into play there. And, but also that, you know, if, if, I'm thinking about connecting with one of my team members, but I have so much going on. And then she raises her hand and says, Hey, we've not connected in a while. You know, emotionally intelligent leaders would say like, you're right. We haven't. And I have fallen down there, but leaders who are not as emotionally intelligent will immediately say like, Oh my God, I've got so much going on. And I've been thinking about connecting with you doesn't matter what you've been thinking about. She doesn't know that. That means nothing to her. <laughs> it's what you actually do, right? The impact that you have. 100%. And before I let you go, I want <clears throat> to kind of get your thoughts and insight on, you know, whether I'm leading a town acquisition team or maybe I am the CHRO or anywhere in between. There's always room for improvement. There's room for growth. We know that. Like, what do, what do I do tomorrow? Like the one, two things that I can focus on. It's a new year, 2023. I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, what do I do, you know, tomorrow to kind of turn the ship around and become better leader for my people? Yeah. Well, the, the two things that simultaneously came to mind were look within to your own growth points right now, given, given whatever you're stepping into in your life and then lean into the relationships with your team, share those things. You know, we, we are meant to be in relation and that's why we spend so much time at work. Why those work relationships are such an integral part of our lives and leveraging them. We, um, we meet as a team every Monday and yesterday I was sharing a, a weekend challenge with my team and I started crying and now you're not sobbing, but I, I get emotional. I'm such a feeling person. And so if I'm not moved to tears at least five times a day, something's wrong. <laughs> I'm not really allowing myself to feel what I feel because I am such a feelings person. And so I was telling my team yesterday as I was getting choked up, I'm like, I cry in all of our team meetings. 
don't I? It was, you know, it was levity. So we all laughed and, but it's, um, it's connection. Like I, you know, I, I, I want to ensure I don't have blind, blind spots because, you know, the team may feel a bit differently, but I would hope that if you had my team one-on-one talking with them, they would say like, there is so much openness. It is so real in our culture and the guards come down and we take off the masks and we're willing to talk about the shit and the things that are getting in our way. And that creates such incredible connection. So lean into those relationships. That would be lean into your own growth points and then lean into the relationships with your team. Yeah. I'm just thinking of some key words as I take away from our conversation today is we talked about authenticity vulnerability, right? Don't be afraid to show your true self. And I think that just goes a long way with the respect that you have from others too. I've been on both sides of it where I could be a little more vulnerable or I couldn't be. And oh my gosh, the relationship and how it grows when you really get to know each other and what they're going through. It's not true. Unreal. Amen to that. Yeah. And without that, we miss out on the opportunity to connect. Yeah which is so important to me. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you said that because you've just reminded me in my quest for the freedom to be who I am. I can go back to, I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to connect by not being that. Thank you, Thomas. Andrew, this, this has been amazing. Thomas, you are a gift. I am so grateful for you and the work that you're doing. You are such a bright light. Every time you pop up in my LinkedIn feed, I smile because I know it's going to be empowering. It's going to be encouraging of someone. I see you encouraging and lifting up this, this local HR and talent community. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. The world needs more of you, Thomas. I might, I might have to leave that in there because, <clears throat> yeah, my head's going like this. No, no, seriously, you thank you. That, you deserve it. I try to, you know, we try, right? But you never know. Is anyone seeing my posts? Well, at least I know you are, which is awesome. Uh, so somebody is. I am. Yeah, you're We're good. We're having fun. Andrea, thank you so much for hopping on and the kind words. It was an absolute pleasure. And for the listeners, I know there were at least a handful of takeaways, but try to focus on something, you know, try to improve. The world needs more of you. Just like Andrea said, go connect with her, follow her content. You won't be disappointed. So we'll see you again next time. Thank you.